Well, happy Mother's Day. I know that they have, this already been said a couple of times, but of course I want my chance to say happy Mother's Day. You all look beautiful and bright. I love seeing all the bright colors. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, my, my boys are out of town this weekend, so I told them, do not make that a habit, by the way. They're on a hunting trip, and so I let them go. Um, but my sweet husband had, had the girls, and so they woke up yesterday morning. I was up and working on the message and uh, anyway, cooking, cooked me breakfast, cooked me eggs and cinnamon rolls and I had beautiful flowers and so I felt very honored and special and, and that's our desire here at Anchor Bend is that you would feel honored and that you would feel especially loved today as mothers because we love you. So happy Mother's Day, and we're so glad that you chose to celebrate it here with us because we want to just shower you with love. Um, and I also want to take just a few minutes to honor the special women in my life. Um, and first, I would say Granny, you know, she, many of y'all might not know, but I mean, she was my rock <laughs> and my savior whenever I had four young children Seven years ago, launching this church, she would come to my house on Sunday mornings, and she would get my three kids together. She, I was like, Granny, you're making me look bad. Like, you literally made cookies, made breakfast to order each one of what they wanted. They're dressed, they're clean, and you're, in, and you're still sane. Like, you're making me look bad. And, uh, and she was literally like, I don't even know how old. I mean, in her 70s, right? At least. And I'm like, oh my goodness, she is amazing. But I, I even talked to her on the phone last week and she is still just so encouraging. She's not here because she is with grandpa, but every single week she sends a group text to our family text pointing out specific things because she's watching and encouraging us. Like she has not missed a beat. So I want you to know that. Yes, we love you, Granny. I know that she's watching. And then also, um, of course, Miss Debbie, she is Jim's mom, but I claimed her a long time ago and uh, is mine as well. And so she has also been a rock to me here. My mom lives in Arkansas. And so he has really just blessed me um, with a wonderful, wonderful mother-in-law who has encouraged me along this journey of leading and being a pastor's wife and has just really given me a safe place just to be me, to grow and to develop into who I am. And so I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for you. I love you. Happy Mother's Day. Yes. And, uh, and then last but not least, <clears throat> you don't see her. My mom lives in Arkansas. Um, but I wanted to take just a minute to honor her because this past year, you know, sometimes as kids, you don't really dive into mom's world very often, right? It's like, hey, have you seen my shoes? I'm hungry. Like, can't, you know, because it's, and that you're just being a kid. And so I, this past year, I had the opportunity just to dive into her world a little bit further and just hear more about her story. And it was a story of sacrifice and love, a lot like many of your stories. And, uh, and so I just, after that conversation, you know, I think there are things sometimes as moms 
where she may look back on it and say, I wish I could, I, you know, should have, could have, would have, because that's what moms do. And I left that conversation with just a greater respect. I honor her more now than I did then and have so much more respect knowing because she, there were times that were hard, right? There's good times, there's bad times. And in, in those, she, she didn't give up and she didn't quit. And there were times where she could have been selfish and she wasn't. And so I just wanna say, I love you, mom, and happy Mother's Day to you as well. Now, before we get started, of course, if you know me, I love memes. And so I'm just gonna share a couple because they got to have all the fun up here and there's some things that just, you know, only a mom would understand. So I can tell these to my husband, but it's not gonna be near as fun or enjoyable. Um, and so I wanna share them with you this morning. Um, <clears throat> I'm just gonna read them off. The first one is being a parent means you say things like, I love you to the moon and back, but if you don't go to sleep right now, I will haunt you in your dreams. <clears throat> I, uh, I tell my children that after nine o'clock, my head starts to spin. I'm like, <laughs> I w I'm a different person after nine. It's all fun and games until your toddler has a nap at 5 p.m. <laughs> yes, how many of you have been in the car and you're back there like slapping their leg because you're like, don't let them go to sleep. <laughs> don't let them go to sleep. Um, Sometimes I wish I could be the load of laundry in my dryer so I can sit in a dark, quiet place and everyone would ignore me for at least a week. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I can get them to the washer. I can get them to the dryer, but getting them out of the dryer and into the closet is a whole nother level. <laughs> I used to watch horror films for entertainment. Now I just watch my kids bake a cake in our kitchen. I have two girls that are nine and 10 and they love to bake and love to experiment. <clears throat> and this one I can relate to a lot. How many of you, the, a night mom at night. Tomorrow I'm gonna wake up before all the kids and clean the house and go for a run and I'm gonna cook healthy food and spend time alone drinking coffee. Morning mom, ha ha ha, nope, not today devil. <laughs> Nope, change of plans. This one is good too. You know you have young kids when you say beep beep to other adults instead of excuse me exiting the elevator. I know that, that Pastor Jim and I to each other or maybe if we were with uh, other, like maybe out with other adults or friends, you know, out for dinner, we would say, I, I need to go potty. They're like, okay, <laughs> okay. Okay, you go potty. That's just, that's awesome. Oh my goodness. It's good to laugh a little bit. These last two, I thought, were just really good. Just some good wisdom. Just some good advice. Get your hair wet at the pool. Skip the shower and make up for extra snuggles. Play in the dirt with them. Let them make messes. And do all the things they'll remember about you as a mom 20 years down the road. Isn't that good advice? And then the last is being a mother is learning about strength you didn't know you had and dealing with fears that you didn't even know existed. Isn't that true? That's so true. I always say being a mother, it has grown me and stretched me more than probably any other role in my life. And so I just wanted to bless you with that this morning. So I'm looking forward to, sh I'm looking forward to sharing with you this morning. I really feel like 
God gave me this vision, um, or and Jim, we were driving back um, from Jenny and Nick's wedding, yeah, and uh, and I wasn't he, I was actually chauffeuring him because he was working on his message in the back seat, and uh, and I just felt like God was giving me things for this message, and I saw the words be beautiful and shine bright which is the reason why we are shining bright this morning. And, uh, and you know, he could have just given me the word beautiful, but he highlighted the word you. Be you. You are be beautiful and called to shine bright. And, um, you know, it's a little bit of, a little bit of pressure because, <clears throat> of course, he, you know, kind of gives me the outline. And so we're running forward with the team, I'm like, great, okay, now, God, you have to fill in the blanks, right? Like, you're gonna have to give me something that goes with this. And, uh, and I'm really, really excited because I feel like he did. He's so faithful, and he always does. Um, and so I'm excited about the word this morning. Listen, I just wanna pray. Father, I just thank you, God. I thank you for giving me the opportunity. Lord, I pray that you would just use me as a mouthpiece. Lord, I pray that you would just open the hearts and minds of everyone here, that they would receive the word and how you would have them receive it. Speak to them by your Holy Spirit. We thank you for what you're doing in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. Well, the message that I'm gonna be, uh, that I'm, if for the message, I'm gonna be speaking out of the book of Esther. And uh, her story is such a powerful story. The book of Esther is not very long. If you have the opportunity, you could read it in just probably under an hour, 30 minutes, 40 minutes maybe. But it is a powerful example of just God's sovereignty in, in her life, but we can also see how God's sovereignty works in our lives. And so I would just, I wanna dive into the story and give a little bit of a background. Um, in Esther chapter two, verse five through seven, it says, now there was a Jew who lived in the palace complex in Susa. His name was Mordecai, the son of Jair, the son of Shimei, the son of Kish, a Benjamite. His ancestors had been taken from Jerusalem with the exiles and carried off with King Jehoiakim of Judah by King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon into exile. So all of the Jews from Jerusalem, they're going to Babylon. Mordecai had reared his cousin Hadassah, otherwise known as Esther, since she had no father or mother. The girl had a good figure and a beautiful face, and her parents died, so Mordecai had adopted her. After her parents died, Mordecai had adopted her. Now here is Esther. She's a young girl. She's following her people group. She is moving into a new country with new cultures, and she's being raised by her cousin, Mordecai. And I am imagining how difficult that was. I'm imagining that she felt alone, that she might've just been, because not, not, she didn't lose just one, but she lost both parents. And I'm sure as a young girl that she felt out of place, that, she, that there were a lot of unknowns moving into a new place. She had a lot of things that she was probably unsure of, unsure of her future and what was to come and how that things in her life would play out. Now, I know that there have been times where I have felt like Esther myself, you know, just feeling out of place and a little bit, just a little off, not, not feeling like I'm connecting and really just struggling with what is my purpose? What is it that God has called me to in this season of my life? I can think back to, you know, life in school. I mean, I know I'm sure students can relate, you know, in school that there's always these groups, right? These groups of friends that they're called cliques. These groups of friends, which is a natural development for young people to find people that have common things and that they have things in common with. 
But it's difficult whenever you don't seem to fit in to the group that you want to, right? You just don't quite seem to fit in. It feels a little awkward. It feels a little out of place. I can remember even through college, you know, I went to nursing school. That was whenever they, they had, I went for a two-year program uh, to be a licensed vocational nurse. I had finished my schooling and it was time to take my exam for my licensure. And I just remember feeling a little overwhelmed, a little unsure about this career and the responsibility and what, where would that take me? It was a, it was a little bit of uh, just feeling a little out of place. It was something new. And then I can remember as a young mom, and I thought I would share this story because I feel like a lot of moms in here would appreciate this. Um, there, whenever I was a young, with Caden, I had Caden at 26, so I was a young mom and we were new in ministry and had moved to East Texas and where Jim had his job in ministry and I was at home with the kids. I did work some. Um, but I remember going to my first outing and it was a, a party or I don't, it might've, I don't know if it was a baby shower or a birthday or something, but it was just women and it was at his boss's house. And uh, of course I was, you know, one of the younger ones there, most of the girls there, it was an, an internship. It was a, like a college ministry. And uh, so most of the girls there obviously were in college and didn't have children. But so I was there with Caden and he was brand new, brand new. It was my first outing. And, um, and so I had take it, took him out of the car seat. He was asleep to feed him. I put him back in there and I was just lifting the car seat just a little bit because I was gonna move it around the corner as he was sleeping so nobody would kick it or mess with it. And as I, I mean, it was not that far, but the handle wasn't locked in, you know? And he was little, he was at that stage where they still kind of roll up, like they kind of just, their bodies just roll a little bit. And so I went to pick it up and move it over and all of a sudden I heard like, Splat. <laughs> I know, I know, listen, y'all, he was okay. I mean, come on. I know, don't say all, like you've never, like he's not rolled off the changing table, like you haven't dropped your kid on his head. Every mom has dropped their kid at some point. Even if it means they were five and you missed them in the pool, you know, like you've done it. Okay, the point is, is in that moment, I and mean, he was fine, I scooped him up, nobody even knew, y'all, nobody knew. I scooped him up so fast. And then of course I called Jim. I was like, oh my God, you're never gonna believe. He's like, is he okay? I'm like, yes, he's fine. It was the side of his cheek, y'all, not, not his head. <clears throat> okay, anyway, but I just felt so awkward as a young mom. I felt so out of place. Like everybody's got it together. They know what they're doing and I have no idea what I'm doing, you know? Like I just, it felt so weird. And I just think, you know, I'm so thankful when I look back at all of my mistakes, all of my messes, and everything that all the unsure, all the times I felt unsure and full of fears, you know, I think back and I am so thankful for God that in every single place, every step of the way, God had a place for me. He had a place for me in every step. And I just think, you know, maybe that you can relate. Maybe you feel like Esther, where you're just a little overwhelmed. Maybe you feel a little overlooked. Maybe you feel like you're a complete accident. You're not really sure what your purpose is and you're struggling to find your place. 
I want you to know this morning that God loves you, that he has a plan and a purpose for you, and he has a place just for you. And so I'm excited, and the reason why I know that is because in the scripture, in Psalms 33:11, it says, but the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purposes of his heart through all generations. Say, that means me. Say, I didn't miss the boat. That's right, you didn't miss the boat. There never has been or never will be a generation that God is not working his purposes out in. You haven't missed it, he didn't skip you. God didn't forget about you. Your life just doesn't look like you thought it would. So we can't really use that as an excuse. You know, sometimes I think we use that as an excuse saying, well, God doesn't care. God doesn't forget about me. No, 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 he didn't forget about you. There is not a generation before us or to come that he will not be working his purposes out in. That means that no matter your circumstances, no matter your situation, no matter your season, you can be rest assured and have peace that God is working his plan out in your life. Isn't that awesome? Because life can be hard, right? You can have peace that God is always working out his plan. And so this morning, I wanna share just three things from the life of Esther that's gonna help you find your place and his plan. Because it's not easy. It's not always that clear. You know, my, my, my siblings used to say, yo, daddy wasn't a glass maker. I'm like, <laughs> nobody ever, okay, nobody ever heard that? Like when you're standing in the way of the TV and they're like, your daddy wasn't a glass maker? Okay, I don't know, maybe just me. Okay, Sharonda got me. Little girl, thank you, thank you. <laughs> so, but it can be hard. It can be really hard. And so finding your place requires great faith and trust. It requires both. You know, um, I look in chapter, or Esther chapter two, verse 17, back to the story. It says, now the king was attracted to Esther more than any of the other women, and she won his favor and approval more than any of the other virgins. So he sat a royal crown on her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. Now, my, not much is said, but I have to just point this out. Not much is said about Queen Vashti. She was the previous queen. She disobeyed the king, and basically he kicked her out. Now, there was lots of, there's, when you look into it, there's lots of reasons why, because if you just read it, it would, you would say, oh my gosh, she disobeyed the king. But really, he had, been, he had had a banquet for 180 days, and then he had another banquet for seven days. It says that she was actually holding a women's banquet the same time he was having his banquet, and it said that there was much wine, and that he was probably, so the deal is, is he was probably drunk, and he wanted her to come in, and he wanted to display her beauty in front of all the officials, and she said no. She just said no. So with all this situation, that doesn't even really matter, but I just had to throw that out there. Um, but the, the point that is, is so this leads, it's an unexpected, it's a rash decision. He was drinking and then he misses her. He said, he re, it says that he remembers Vashti. So the king officials say, okay, well then let's go and gather all the beautiful girls in the area and let's pick, let's let you pick a new queen. When I look at that, I think, and that's whenever he chose Esther. When I look at that, I think, God can change circumstances in an instant and make room for you. 
Like, it doesn't matter the reason why. It was a misunderstanding. It wasn't even supposed to happen. It, God just used the opportunity of even a drunken king to say, oh, now is the time. He is always working his plan. In an instant, he can change circumstances. I love that. It's easy to think that it could have just been her, that it was just her beauty that caught his eye. It says, it says that, she had, she was beaut- that she was beautiful. So it's easy to think, you know, but beauty might have got her there, but God had a much bigger plan, a much bigger plan for her life. And I think sometimes God can use something that seems insignificant. It seems like, well, it wasn't that hard. She was already beautiful. It must've been easy for her, right? But that's not God's plan. God had a bigger plan for her life. And I think sometimes we can dismiss those opportunities, those things that seem insignificant, those things that seem like they really don't matter. But it is God working his plan out, which is the reason why it requires faith and trust. Because when it seems like it doesn't matter, when it seems like it's insignificant, but we have our faith and our trust in God, then we know and we can find our place because we know that God is working out his plan. Faith is believing that God is working in your current situation. He's working in you. I have faith that he's working in my current situation. Trust is walking it out. I love these. I really just felt like each one of these just came from the Lord. I thought they were so good. Faith and trust in our marriage. Faith, God, I believe that you can heal my marriage. I believe that you can do it. Trust is closing my mouth. Like trust is, I know, don't you amen me. (laughs) But it's true, right? I mean, God, I know that you can heal my marriage, but am I willing to trust you whenever I'm mad and I'm hurt and I wanna say what I wanna say? Am Am I willing, do I trust you that you're gonna move on my behalf, that you're gonna move on his heart? I love single people, I'm sorry. Faith is believing that God's gonna bring you the right person, he's gonna bring you the right man, that he's got one for you. Trust is waiting till he does. It's waiting till he does. And our finances, faith is believing that God can do a miracle in your finances, that he's gonna do what he says he's gonna do, that he wants you to be blessed, and he does. Trust is tithing. It's sowing seed, it's being generous, right? I mean, it says faith without works is dead. It requires faith and trust. It requires trust. Sometimes God is saying there's just a little bit of action required, right? So as we go back to the story, Esther is the queen. There was a man named Haman and he was elevated above all the other nobles. And uh, higher than any other nobles, all of the royals at the gate would kneel and pay honor to Haman. But Mordecai, who was Esther's uncle who raised her, was at the gate and he refused to kneel. Well, of course, Haman was furious. He was mad and he knew that he was a Jew. And so he went to the king. He He wanted to kill Mordecai. He was so furious that he was shown disrespect. He wanted to kill Mordecai, but not only did he want to kill Mordecai, he went to the king to get a decree to kill all the Jews in the kingdom. And I thought, you know what? The enemy is not just after you, he's after your seed. He's after the seed. He doesn't want just Mordecai, he wants all of the Jews. 
He wants all of the Jews. So Mordecai sends word to Esther, and he, to Esther and he asked for help, for her to go to the king. Now you know that she is weighing the cost because she tells Mordecai, she says, you know that if anyone goes in front of the king who is not summoned, <clears throat> that they will be put to death. So she's weighing the cost, which leads to my second point, that finding your place requires great courage. Esther was at a crossroads. It was a risk that she was taking. And when we look at Esther chapter four, verse 13 and 14, this is Mordecai's response. He says, do not think because you are in the king's house that you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, but that you have come to royal position for such a time as this. Now that's a very popular verse, um, but it takes great courage when you're not really sure about the income, out, the outcome, what the results are gonna be. She's saying, now you know that if you go to the king, then I could die. That's what she's saying. She's courage. You know, I was reminded of this story. I, I might've even told it before, but it's just stuck out in my mind of uh, when we, it was, I think Addie was about six years old. So it was probably about four years ago. Um, she was young and we were at a water park and you know, they have those water slides that you go, they're tubes, you know, and they're covered, they're dark, but you go to the top and you stand and on this little plate and this thing comes over you like a rocket ship. And then all of a sudden the bottom falls out and you go into darkness and you see all this water rushing in and she's like six. And so, I, uh, so she goes down this slide with her dad. And I'm like, there is no way. I cannot believe, I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm watching or whatever. Sure enough, she goes down the slide and I could not believe it. And I'm like, it stood out to me, I think, because she went with me first and I just chickened out. I got up there, I said, oh no, mm -mm, no. I turned around, I was like, you can go with your dad. <laughs> But it stuck out to me because, you know, as a six-year-old, she had courage. She didn't know that that, that, she didn't know what was beneath that floor. She knew it was gonna drop out, but she didn't know what was gonna happen underneath that. She didn't know about the twists and turns. She didn't know how much water was in there or not in there. What courage. I thought, man, I was so impressed. And I love that Mordecai is reminding Esther that he's challenging her and he's stretching her faith. He's saying, what if this is why you are here? What if you have come for such a time as this? Like that this is your moment to be you and to be beautiful and to shine bright. Like what if it's such a time as this? And he's stretching her. And uh, when I was preparing this part of the message, you know, normally I, I would might maybe share a story or share some scriptures, but I, I just felt like God began to speak to me and give me a word for you. And so I, I just thought, you know what? I'm just gonna write it down and, uh, and then you can receive it. So I just pray, you know what? If this word is for you, then I just pray that you would receive it into your heart and your life and you say, God, that's me. There are some Esthers in this house. He's called you for such a time as this. Not just women, but men as well. He has also called you in this season. You are not late. God is not late. He is always on time. Remember, regardless of what it looks like, God is always working his, his plan. He's saying, come join the party because we are just getting started.
Anchor Bend Church, we are called for such a time as this. You could have had your building in year two or three, but I purposed you for you to have it now, to purchase it in the middle of COVID because I'm working out my plan. Your plan would have been two or three. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Amen. And I'm thankful for a pastor who's willing to wait on God. We love our pastor. It takes faith and it takes trust and it takes courage. We love you, honey. If you are here in this season, it's for such a time as this. There are people that were here with us in previous years that aren't here with us now because they were called to that season. You are here in this season of your life, wherever you are at this church for a reason. I felt like God said there is an unlocking and a release in the spirit that is taking place with this message. Last week, if you were here with pastor, he prayed a powerful prayer to break the spirit of fear. That wasn't an accident, that's an order. In order, meaning in consecutive order. Many of you were bound in fear and it had to be broken off first. And now God wants to unlock and release gifts and dreams and visions and things that are on the inside of you. Isn't that powerful? So I just think, you know what, if that's you, if you say, God, that was for me, I believe that. I believe that fear was broken off. I believe that it's a season where I have dreams and visions and that things are, that God, that he's unlocking and releasing, or maybe that's your desire and prayer saying there's stuff on the inside of me, but I'm not sure how to just release it, how to start it. I just believe that at the end, we'll have some ministry time. I want you to come down or just receive it in your heart. Pray on your own. Come down for ministry time. Um, anyway, so, okay, I'm going to scripture. That was it. <laughs> so we're going back to the story. I thought it was powerful. I'm thankful for his faithfulness. In Esther chapter four, verse 13 and 14, this is Mordecai's response. Do not, oh, I wanted to go back to that. So it is the same scripture, but I didn't want to move on without, I felt like God highlighted this. So in the verse 13 and 14, do not think because you're in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. God doesn't need you. You need God. Do you understand? Like pastor always tell us, tells us he's not trying to take something from us. He's trying to get something to us. And he's a lot of times he's talking about finances, but it's in every area of our life. He's saying, look, the Jews are gonna rise again. But what do you think he's trying to do in you and your family? Like you will die and miss this moment if you choose to remain silent, if you choose to stand by. He's saying the Jews, they will arise. I think about it, this church will go on. He will find someone else, even Pastor and I. We are replaceable. If we're not doing what we're supposed to do, if we are not lined up with what God's calling us to do, you are his people. His plan will go on. His plan is that everyone would hear the message and hear the gospel until the end of days, right? So his sheep, his sheep may be scattered, but his plan still goes on. It was, I thought that was so good. It takes courage to find your place in his plan. The last is that it requires you to focus on God. Don't sleep on Esther. She's not just a pretty face. She has her priorities straight and she knows what's up. Her immediate response to Mordecai, it says, then Esther sent this reply. 
to Mordecai, go gather together all of the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my maids will fast as you do. I will go to the king even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. First off, she has community. She reaches out. She asked them to come alongside her and to pray and to fast. Like she's got a community of believers and she's not just like, oh, well, she's choosing, she's not doing life alone. She's saying, hey, call my people, let them fast and pray with me because I'm about to go before the king. The second thing is, is that in a time of crisis where her faith is stretched, where she is being, her faith is tested and she's being stretched, she runs to God. It's the first thing she does. She could have said, okay, I'll just be brave. She's a believer, but she was patient and she took time and she fasted and prayed for three days. She went to the man with the plan, right? He's got the master plan. And so prayer was her first response. The third thing is that she goes all in. She risks everything. She's risking her life. She says, if I perish, I perish. She's stepping up to the plate. She's accepting the challenge. Maybe this is why I'm here, to save a nation. Maybe it's such a time as this that I'm called to lead to start this business, that I'm called to win my family, that I'm called to love my husband, that I'm called to be this kind of mom, that I'm called to reach out to other women, that I'm called to do what you call me to do. And um, the challenge I think a lot of times is that we don't believe that we're worthy of the place that God has for us, that we've done too much that our lives are too messy. That place, that promotion, that leadership position, that couldn't be for me. That, I, don't, I, just, I just don't even see it. But God wants you to know that he loves you just the way that you are. That God sees the beauty in your broken prayers and that you to him are beautiful. He wants you, he's called you to shine bright. And uh, as we close, I have something special for you this morning. Um, I have a wonderful friend um, who has made a huge impact on me and how special that she's here on Mother's Day because I met her in a time and in an awkward time where I was homeschooling my kids. The girls were little, I think, let's see. So Addison was five, Raylan was three. Um, the boys were six and seven or seven and eight. And, uh, and I, she is, Miss, her name is Miss Cookie, and uh, she is the founder of Cookie Joe's Dance Company in Sugarland that is faith-based. She is a woman of faith and character, and we were only able to go there for about a year and a half because of our schedules. But in that time, she made not only an impact on my girls, but even on my boys. They were, I mean, Caden and Carson, they were all over the place on the thing. You know, she's like, we, we don't chew gum. She was about the character. Like she was about so much more than just the dance that she made such an impact on me as a young mom and even on my boys. Like they weren't even in dance and they know Miss Cookie, <laughs> you know? Such a special woman and I am so, so honored to have her. She is here this morning and she is going to dance for you. 
and uh, a special song, and um, I hope that it blesses you. It's called Broken Prayers. I've been taught how to talk to you Hold it together, make the bad look better Say all of the words that I'm supposed to Bow my head, say amen, yeah that'll do Making every dead end look like heaven Like being okay is the way to reach you But you're not afraid of all the things I feel so why am I afraid of being real? You want my tears, every messy word, every scar and every fear. You want all I have with no holding back when I'm hurt. At my worst, you meet me there, cause you see the beauty. Don't care if it's not poetry Cause all of my edges, they're a little rough But that's all I got to bring Cause you're not afraid of all the things I feel I don't have to hide the scars that still not healed Cause you want my tears Every messy word, every scar and Desperate cry in a dark place You take me that way All of me and all my tears Every messy word, every scar and every fear You want all I have with no holding back When I'm hurt at my worst You meet me there, cause you see the beauty Wasn't that beautiful? She did such a great job. Wasn't it powerful? You know, I was just thinking, I just, I just, ha just have to let you know that, that that God, anything that God is speaking to you or anything that stood out to you in the message of the song, that is for you. Like I am just the messenger. God said, I thought, just tell them they're beautiful. Tell them to shine bright. 
tell them that I see the beauty in their broken prayers. He, I love that it's through all of the tears. It's all of that. God sees the beauty. And so I just want to pray over you, Jim, as you're going to have the opportunity for, um, you know, for the, he always does a salvation prayer. And, uh, but I want the opportunity to just close out the message and pray. So if we could just bow our heads. Why don't we do this? Why don't you go ahead and just stand up and we're going to get ready to close. Yeah. What a powerful word. I mean, wasn't that a powerful word? Just powerful. You know, I really felt an anointing when you were talking, you know, just even as you were saying release release. and unlock. Why don't you, why don't you pray over that? Why don't you pray? You know, last week we talked about breaking a spirit of fear. If you weren't here, go back and watch on YouTube. What a powerful word that was released, but God always releases a word that's succinct. So it doesn't matter who's speaking. It just line upon line, precept upon pre, just builds. But here's what you have to know is that just because that anointing or that word is being spoken and it's being released doesn't mean you're going to get it. You got to receive it. So you got to activate. So you, here's, you could be in a church that God's blessing and you not be blessed. The action. You, You could be in a church that God is activating and you not be activated. So just being here doesn't make that appropriated to your life, you now have to activate it. You have to engage. You have to receive it. And the the, the receiving port portion is by faith. So in this moment, just, God, I receive it. That's that's how we receive salvation, right? right? Salvation is a gift. We receive. But how many know once you receive salvation, now you go to work? What's work? Following Jesus. Crucifying the flesh. And so it's it's the decisions after this. This sets the foundation and uh, I believe it wasn't just a word for the women, but it's a word for the men. It's activate and release. Listen, God, he builds his church through his people. Uh, and so when he activates you and releases you, that's how the church is built. And so a church alive is people that have been activated, people that have been released. It's not just these four walls. It's everywhere you go. It's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I mean, no, it's at the restaurant you go to today. Now pray for the waiter, pray for the waitress, activate it. Whatever it is the Lord speaks, that's what moves it forward. So I just felt such a power. Just would you pray over us over that? And maybe just, if that's you, just raise your hand, close your eyes. You say, God, activate me, release what's inside of me. God, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you for your power and your presence. Yes. God, we thank you for your word and you are faithful to your word. God, that there is an unlocking and a release, Father, that there have been things inside of your people. God, people inside of this house, in this church, things on the inside of them that have laid dormant, things that they have not known. God, that there is dreams and visions and gifts. And God, I just pray and declare There is a shift. There is a release, God, and an unlocking of those gifts and dreams, not just for men, but I mean, not just for women, but for men, even for our students, God, that you are releasing them, that it is a season that we're moving forward, that there are businesses, there are ministries, there's leaders rising up in the church, God, that that you are, just like Pastor Jim said, activating, God. I pray, and just like the scripture says, God, that they would throw off everything, 
everything that entangles them, that they would throw off every sin. God, that they would not waste time with things, God, that is not pouring into their life, that's not moving them forward, that they would not be weighted down. God, I just pray for provision, God, where you give vision, there's provision. Lord, just like you met our, the financial needs, the, the, the things that we are believing for even still to come, God, just like your faithfulness in this church building, it is an example of what God is doing in the lives of people in this church individually, God, that you, where there is vision, there is provision. That's why fear was broken. Fear to move out, fear that you won't provide, that is broken. And God, I thank you that it's a new season. It's a new season of joy. God, I pray that you would open the eyes of your people, that they would be able to realize and see what you're doing, God, so that you can get glory for what you're doing in their lives, God, that you would get all the glory. God, I just thank you that it's a new season of joy and celebration, Father. That we celebrate the things that you're doing. We celebrate who you are, God. Lord, I just thank you for your power, your work. God, I thank you for always working your plan out in their lives, God. I just pray, Father, that they would receive it and receive your word in Jesus' name. And everyone said.